Hey guys, Tyler here again. So, um, if you don't know or didn't listen to the last episode, uh, we broke up our last recording session to two, two shows. So, the last episode a couple days ago was about the Ubisoft Forward event, and this is everything else happened uh, this week. So, if you guys want to hear that, our thoughts on the Ubisoft Forward, go back and check those out. If not, you want to hear everything else from us, uh, here you go. Hope you guys enjoy, and uh, have a good day. Um, but moving on uh, to some other topics here. Uh, did you see the uh, we have the the previews came out for the Pip Mario Origami King? Oh yeah, yeah. Have you? Uh, uh, well, you... honestly, I haven't really seen too much of the reviews for anything on it. Well, there's no reviews; it's just the previews. But uh, oh, preview? No. Yeah. I didn't really uh, see too much of the preview about it. All right, Gables, I'm growing concerned. Once again. Oh really? I'm growing concerned because it's like, it sounds like Color Splash. Alt two, to me, where like they don't have XP or a leveling system, and there's no teammates again. Okay. I don't. I don't like that. I don't. I guess like that's kind of what I want is like it's an RPG game and I, like like I want a reason to battle and like make that make sense like because there's gonna be random battles in this game and like like why am I fighting if there's no gain from doing it. And that was my issue with like Sticker Star and Color Splash. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just I, I don't know. Gables. The more I hear about this, the more I'm not liking it. But uh, I'm I'm still I'm much like the Ubisoft games. I'm holding that hope. But uh, I, I guess what well, are you looking for in the new Paper Mario game? What do you, what do you want out of it? Honestly, what I'm looking for in a new Paper Mario game: fun gameplay, decent story. Doesn't have to be the best. Doesn't have to be original. But I want to have fun while playing it. That's pretty much what I want to do. Okay, I didn't know if there's something specific you're looking for. It wasn't. Spe- there's nothing like really anything specific. The Paper Mario series. Hell, I loved the first three Paper Mario games that I played: the original Thousand Year Door and Super Paper Mario. Because all of those, yeah. it didn't matter whether or not it was an RPG or it was like a platformer or whatever the hell it was. They had a memorable story. They had fun elements that I enjoyed playing. I mean, hell. There were some great moments I had with playing Super Paper Mario where I had to, I kid you not, there was one chapter where I had to uh, run in a hamster wheel, I kid you not, for like almost like about 10 minutes just to earn enough freaking points so I can get past a certain door. That was actually pretty hilarious now that I think about it because what I literally did back then is I held my D-pad in the left direction, put my input, I was watching TV for like 10 minutes and all of a sudden I put back into that. That's smart. That's smart. <laughs> well, hell, if I have to really sit and like uh, let the game do something, I'm gonna distract myself before that. But yeah, man, it's whenever I'm playing a Paper Mario game, I want to have fun. I want to have memorable moments and witty dialogue and all that other stuff. Personally, yeah. but what about you? I don't. Know, my thing is, is like I'm, you know, like I, I enjoyed Super Mario, Super Paper Mario as well, and obviously love Thousand Year Door, but it's like. I'm like it's just like they have the RPG turn-based style of that game. It's just like it feels like they make that whole part pointless of doing. Like if you're not, there's no monetary gain or anything from doing it. Then why am I doing? It? I mean, I understand there's boss battles and shit like that. Like that makes sense, but I just don't foresee like like why. Like as like, I feel like I can see myself like at first liking it, like their play style they have with like you can you turn the stage around, but it's just like I don't. Like, you know, if there's going to be random battles in this and stuff like that, it's like, that's just going to bother me and upset me. Um, because it's like, there's no purpose for doing these. Like, I'm going to avoid doing them. It's just like, imagine if there was, if you played a Pokemon game with no levels. You know, it's just like, you're just playing Pokemon. 
like mm-hmm. th- that like that that's the way I look at it. It's like playing you know that game playing Pokemon without the without experience points. That's like I would I mean I love the Pokemon games and I enjoy them, but it's like a big part the part of the reason playing the game is you know the is progressing your levels and that's a big part of RPGs is that and it's like I don't know, I just don't get it. But I don't know. It's I, I know it's mostly I don't know. It's I know it's for kids and shit. So maybe I'm taking it too seriously. But I I, I want it to be good. I hope it's good. I'm I'm like it's much like that said the Ubisoft stuff. It's like I'm gonna wait and see what people say about it. But I don't know. Um, I'll, I'll take I'm gonna take the wait and see first. I have a pre-order already. But I'm gonna I you know it's depending on what people say in the reviews. Like I I might just cancel that as well. But I don't want to because I really want to play that game. Because I need to play a goddamn fun game here. Because I've been playing. A lot of dark games recently, and it's exhausting. But um, <laughs> sticking with Nintendo, there is rumors, Gables. There's rumors. It might happen. It's been over 10 months. We might get a, a Nintendo Direct on July 20th. Um, be our first one sub- since September of last year, uh, for, not including the mini ones. Um, this is uh, coming from uh, uh, Video Game Chronicles uh, News Leak. This is from an article from them as well. Um, Saying that there might be there to be a direct on the July twentieth. Uh, this information comes from a known leaker, uh, Kilios, I believe is how you say it. Um, they're the ones that they post this news on a reset era forum. Um, Kilios previously correctly uh, reported on other Nintendo-related uh, streams. Uh, he also he he said that the, the, there was going to be a direct mini back in March. He had the date correct and everything uh, that was going to happen. He said it six weeks in advance as well that we we're going to have that Nintendo mini direct. Um, in March and it ended up obviously happening. Um, I believe he also said something about, uh, um, he leaked the paper Mario game too. I want to say, or the, about we'd be getting news for that soon. Um, but yeah. Um, are you, are you buying, where are you at on this? Are you uh, buying this? Or is this, are you, is it wishful thinking or, um, or is this a no go? I look at it this way. When origami King releases Nintendo, there isn't hardly anything in regards to what we have to look forward to towards the end of the year in regards to September, October, November, just really really much of the rest of the year. Deadly Premonition 2 is already out. Origami mm-hmm. King is going to be releasing in a couple of days. Yep. So we know next to nothing about what's coming out in the fall. It honestly does enforce the idea that we may hear more about Nintendo in terms of a direct soon. I take this I take this news with a grain of salt. Even though he has been correct a couple of different times, I would personally would love to see Nintendo come out with a direct, but I'm half and half on it. I think that it's wishful thinking to think, okay, they're going to go ahead and announce something around a week after the Origami King release you know releases but uh we'll wait and see we've already waited 10 months for a class you know like an actual nintendo direct style without being a mini or in regards to a specific gaming franchise like smash brothers or paper mario or whatsoever so who knows yeah what do you think Uh, i i can't say because i think i am like too much like of wishful thinking and hoping that I can't give an honest answer, um, but uh, I don't know. I, I I think you're. That's a good way of putting it too. Where it's like we have no idea. Like we know like Breath of the Fault two um, and No More Heroes three is scheduled for this year sometime. Mm-hmm. But like you said, 
Deadly Premonition 2 is out now. Yeah, Paper Mario comes out on Friday. So it's like we're in... I mean, when's the last time we've been in this boat where we didn't know what else to look forward to past this, you know? Yeah. I don't think we've been in this situation since... Really, probably since the Switch came out. Where it's like we've always known, like, multiple games are coming, like, not too far after this. And, like, big games, too. Like, you know, it's a Mario or it's... um, a Donkey Kong or it's a, you know, it's a Wii U, you know, uh, uh, port or something, you know, we've always have something else uh, on the horizon. And it's like, yeah, we have nothing right now. It's like, we, we have rumors of the 3d Mario stuff. We have, um, maybe we'll get an announcement soon for the next, uh, smash, uh, character, but it's like, well, yeah, we got nothing. So I, I'm in that way. It's like, so it's like, yeah, man, it's got to be real. And that's what my mindset's at. It's like, it's got to be real because of that. But it's like, I mean, they don't, it's Nintendo. Like, they're the most um, uncharacteristic, hardest to pinpoint what they're going to do. Like, they're always going to do their own thing, regardless of what makes sense to us or not. They're always going to do it, um, Mm -hmm. what they want to do when they want to do it. And, you know, for better or for worse. So, um, I don't know. We'll, uh, I'm hoping, I mean, imagine if they if it's happening, we will hear something. I mean, I, I guess it could be a, a, a mini direct too, but they're not saying it's gonna be a mini direct. So, they, I, I mean, what's July twentieth? But that no, that's a Saturday though. Have we ever had a direct on a Saturday? Not sure. I don't. I don't. I mean, I don't. I guess I don't. I don't know without looking it up, but um, it could happen. Uh, and I, we probably hit to hear something by Thursday. So I think if. We don't hear something by, I'd say, Friday morning, maybe, at the latest. We, uh, it's not happening. Normally, um, they announce the day before. Yeah, you well, or, sometimes two yeah. days, I think, at the most. Two days before. So, I, w- I would assume by, if we don't hear something by Friday morning, it's, it's not going to happen. But I'm hopeful. I am, I am, and like I said, I can't say one way or not. Um, I'm, uh, I'm going to try to be positive about this. I'm going to hope it is, and I'm going to go full bore and buy into it. It's happening, but... Uh, I'm ready to be for my heart to be broken, but um, yeah. But moving on to uh, we got a block of some Xbox stuff here to talk about. So um, I mean, this for sure is happening. Uh, Xbox is have uh, Xbox is having their uh, um, Xbox uh, Series X uh, showcase on July 23rd. Uh, I talked about it last week. That was the rumor. I incorrectly said it'd be the. I was like, no, there's no way it's gonna be the 21st or 22nd, um, or the 20th or the 21st. Uh, but 23rd is is actually the date. Um, I don't give us like. I, I think we're both looking forward to this as far as like what's going to be. But what do you what do you see happening at this? Do you think we're going to get um, the that you think we'll see? You think we'll get the Lockhart thing? Or do you think we'll get a date? Do you think we'll get a price? Or do you think this will be this will be strictly games? I feel this is going to be strictly games, and the validity for that, I feel that they need Microsoft needs to show without a shadow of a doubt games first party games that are going to be available for series x starting day one i know they're still working on exclusive stuff however if they have a strong showing with halo infinite i feel that's going to be a great step in the right direction for where they want to go as far as anything else that may potentially be announced inside of this i don't feel personally we are going to hear anything about a price I feel that we're still a little bit away from it. I got the feeling from when they announced this this uh, initial first-party reveal in terms of games and this and that, that it's going to be strictly games only. 
who knows we may see Lockhart I'm not sure but uh, there are definitely a couple of rumors that have been passing around through the grapevine in regards to Microsoft in regards to Fable in regards to Perfect Dark I've been hearing nothing concrete a lot of things being <laughs> a lot of things you need to take with a grain of salt obviously but uh yeah, there are definitely some high expectations going inside of Microsoft's conference, their whole direct that they're doing. But, uh, yeah, I feel that Halo Infinite will definitely need to be impactful, definitely will need to be the cornerstone of what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, I'm in agreement. I, I don't think we'll get anything. I think this will be games, 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 games. And I think it needs to be. I think, like... I, uh, I saw, like, a, I didn't watch it, but there was a YouTube video. And it was like, this might be um, Xbox's biggest um, event uh, ever. You know, since they announced the, the original Xbox with The Rock, oddly enough. But, um, and I, I think I agree where it's like, I'm not saying it's going gonna, it's gonna to go away or anything like that. I don't, I'm not worried. Like, they're not going to, the thing's going to sell great. It's going to do fine. But, I mean, to, I mean, you look at, I mean, we talk about all the time, this generation, they, were destroyed by PlayStation. I mean, Xbox One did fine, but it's like PS4 just did out crazy numbers. I mean, the fact that like the rumors have it that the Switch has already outsold the Xbox One. Yes. And, and it's been on the market for less years. Um, is incredible. This, this say the least for them. And so you look at, I mean, it's the, the biggest issue this year, this generation has been uh, games. And it's like, we, we keep talking about, it. it's like, like they relied heavily on their old franchises. I can't think of a like Sea of Thieves might be their biggest franchise that they created this year. And I mean, it's it's fine. It's out there. It's got an audience, but it's not anything world changing. No one's buying a console to play it. Um, but uh, you know, it's like they they I think they've gotten twelve new studios. They've announced they purchased in the last three years. I think so. I won't be surprised they announced a couple of new ones. Um, and we'll have more on that later uh, after this. But uh, I yeah. am in agreement with you that this conference that they're going to have is definitely one of their most important ones they've had in quite some time. I'd argue that it's just as, just as important as when they revealed the Xbox 360 back in the day. Yeah. Because the significance of the Xbox 360 definitely influenced gaming systems and definitely the gaming industry for years after its release. Yeah. That's a good point. Granted, too, it stumbled out of the gate, but it was purely the infrastructure and where gaming would eventually go, where you have all the mainstream stuff for console online stuff, the subscription services and stuff because of Xbox Live and everything else. Whereas towards the end of the Xbox One generation right here, we're seeing introductions in terms of like Game Pass and this and that. I feel that the Series X and this upcoming thing is going to be as important as what the 360 was back then. Yeah, and, the, and we know how important these events can be where you look at their Xbox One events last generation. We, we talk about it over and over again, but it's like everybody, I think for the most part, Microsoft had the lead going in to that genera- this current generation as is PlayStation right now. And it's just like they went in and they completely fucked up the whole message from the get-go where they didn't focus on the games. They focused on being a media box and then they with the whole you know being online all the time and then it's a hundred dollars more and the connect it's like you guys 
totally lost it. And it's like I, they know that now, and they know they got to kill it. And I think they will. I think they can. Um, I mean, I, I think. But now is the time when they just like they need to go. There's there's rumors that they're gonna hold some stuff back because there's gonna, they're gonna announce the rumors, the Lockhart, and there's like the game, the prices and all that will be revealed in August. And that's the same time that PlayStation has a rumored state of play in August, where like they're gonna they got like PlayStation held some shit back too, and they're gonna show it off then and like, give the price and all, the date and all that. So I think I don't I think this will be game 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 game, but it's they gotta show it off, they gotta kill it, and it's like it's gotta be more than Halo. As great as it'd be awesome if, if Halo was as big as it was back then when Halo Three came out, because like I remember I worked at a game store and that came out and that was fucking huge that was that was a it was a fucking like i've talked before it was a holiday you know just mm-hmm. much, like just like when the new call of duty would come out and when i when i was in the early 2000s when i was in, in as a kid like madden was a holiday in a way where it's like it was one of the biggest game releases every year it, it still is to a certain extent but it's not it's not mainstream like you know like call of duty or halo was in, back in the day or even gears was back like when their first party games dropped it was a fucking day you know you knew it was coming they built it up you 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 know they it was everywhere you know, like you couldn't watch a sporting a sports event without seeing commercials for it everywhere, and it's just like, and I know they still do sporting events, but it's just like it doesn't have that mainstream pull like pull anymore. Now Halo is just another video game franchise that's out there. Like it's a popular one, it does well, it's bigger than most stuff out there, but it's like it's not that that, that it's not that event it used to be, you know. And I hope it brings. I'm, I'm not a Halo guy. I know you just went through and beat all the Halo g- games, and I. I enjoy the Halo games. I here and there. I, I pick up, choose from here and stuff. But it's like, I I would love to look be, be, look forward to this game. I want to play this game. I hope it looks badass. I hope it's great. And I hope the the fans from back in the day and the current ones love this new one. Uh, but it's got to be more than that. Even as good as I mean, even best case scenario for Halo, and they killed it, and it's great. It's awesome. It's not going to be enough. It's you need more. Um, you know, they need you need new franchise. You need new blood. There's going to be a Forza game. We know that. You need more. You know. Um, and they've and that was the biggest issue they had with this this generation was like they leaned too hard on their they leaned entirely on their the ones they they had from last generation the previous generation the generation for that or it's Halo it's Gears it's Forza and they tried other stuff and didn't land and I'm hoping even the, the third party stuff like the, they hired people to make games for them they didn't land you know like the what, there's a platinum game that got canceled there's the uh, there's the Sunset Overdrive there's uh, the Dead Rising stuff it's like it just didn't land or wasn't as big as they thought it would be, um, and they, they mean that like we talked about for years. They have they have built this awesome library of like they've done the, the best stuff for consumers. And it's just like with the Game Pass and the backwards compatibility and all that. But it's just like they're missing the main ingredient of having the best console, and that's the games. And it's like I hope they come out and they show all these badass games, all the, from these companies they they show them. I'm, I'm super pumped for the new Hellblade game. Like I love the first one. Um, and I hope there's some other cool shit out there. There's the rumor that there's the new Fable game uh, that's going to be shown off, which, I mean, that's concerning to a certain extent where it's like, that's what I'm talking about. You lean too hard on these names. But if you can bring it back in a big way, like Fable 2 was back in the day where that was a big fucking deal when it came out um, and not fuck it up like you did with Fable 3, um, then that's awesome too. Like you Because I, I love Fable 2 back in the day. Um, and Fable the original was really good too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I hope they kill it. That's, I mean, I want them to kill it. I want a reason to, uh, buy the series X eventually. Um, I've said I'm on board. I've got the Xbox one X. I'm just going to, and I could play these games on that, but, uh, you know, I'm going to wait it out, but I, I want to, you know, 
know what's coming from like the future and like I hope I hope 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 so hard that they fucking kill it and I want to be pumped I want to be excited like you know I want that awesome badass feeling that we like I had during the PlayStation 5 event we had last month where it was like banger after banger after banger oh yeah um, you know and there's obviously there's some games that came out like yeah okay whatever uh, that, could look, that could be cool but it's just like I want I want that feeling from Xbox and that's something we haven't had for a long time it's just like something I complain about every year with, with their E3 is like we have the biggest uh, we have the most games ever for an E3 event and it's like we have 80 something games to show off it's like who gives a shit it's like PlayStation showed four or five games that one year they showed five games one year and it was way better than what Xbox did when they showed up 80 something it's like knowing it's it's all like I'd rather have five awesome games come out of it than at ho- like 80 fucking games that just showed up you showed off to me for 30 seconds and then like there's a couple of big games, but it's like, and they don't land, you know, it's like focus on the cool shit. Don't, don't show me a hundred games. Show me a dozen games or show me eight games or whatever you've got. Like, like PlayStation showed off 24 games. It's like, and, uh, you know, do that. That'd be fucking awesome. But, uh, like, uh, someone said on, on, uh, Twitter day, I saw it. It's like kind of perfect way of like, of like how Nintendo's perfected the directs where it's like they start off with a surprise or something big and they land, they end with a surprise or something big. And so you look at the PlayStation event we had, it started off with Spider-Man and Miles Morales and ended with Horizon uh, 2. And it's like, you need to have that. You need to have those two bangers to begin and end with and has some good shit in the middle. But I think that's the most important thing is like fucking start with Halo and then end with something badass at the end or something, you know, I don't know. But um, I, I'm hopeful. I really am. If you can't tell. I'm very hopeful that they, they fucking nail it. But um, moving on, sticking with, uh, like I said, we have a couple other things here to talk about for uh, Xbox and Microsoft. But uh, there's uh, some talks out there that um, Xbox uh, will be is interested in buying uh, Warner Brothers, or WB Games. So this came out here a, a few weeks ago that, uh, that uh, AT&T, who owns uh, Time Warner and uh, it's now Warner Media, uh, is is thinking about selling off the WB WB Games, which I believe is like it's like a dozen studios. I want to say, um, all in all, people would buy the whole thing. Um, but it's um, I from we're obviously not the business people here, but the uh, it's pretty much a guarantee, a guarantee thing that it'll eventually be sold sometime probably this year. Um, but uh, it'll include uh, like uh, the main the main studios. Uh, the list I can't find the list. I'm sorry, but um, the main thing coming out of this is that. Um, the main issue is that AT&T has like 154 billion dollar in debt from buying Time Warner, and it comes which uh, comes with it had like Crunchyroll and DC Comics, HBO, WB Games, and a bunch of other smaller smaller things in there. But uh, uh, other than that, it's, it's it's thinking about it's going to be about four billion dollars to buy all the studios. Um, but Activision, Blizzard, EA, and Take Two are also interested in in buying this up. But um, what's going to come out of this? It sounds like is um the ip that you'll for sure get out of this is more combat um but um you probably won't get the ips like batman or any of the dc stuff or you won't get the, the lego or the little rings either um but you'll get all their studios as um from it so um i don't give us like what, what's your thoughts on you know with um potentially you know xbox and microsoft buying um the wb uh, studios that would definitely be a huge win for Microsoft in, in more ways than one. Not only would they get the talents in regards to the people that have held, that have uh, contributed to 
games that we've loved and stuff like the certain Mortal Kombat games the Batman Arkham games the Lego games obviously in terms of the IPs I'm kind of wondering about that because I know that uh, Warner Brothers is selling off their studios but will they allow Microsoft to actually use a lot of the IPs from say DC or wherever that's going to be remaining to see but uh, dude wouldn't it be crazy a Mortal Kombat a game that has been on multiple different systems, all of a sudden it's just locked onto Microsoft systems. <laughs> yeah, and that's, I think that'd be the biggest thing is like if they can get DC exclusives to them, I mean, they wouldn't own it outright, but if they can get like a licensing deal with them, like, and that's the thing, like, there's like, there's a, there's the Harry Potter game that's in, um, that's in the works that everybody knows about. It's been known about for years. Um, there's all of the, um, there's the two, um, DC games that are in works by other uh, uh, WB Montreal and, Fuck, who does um who did the Arkham games? What's the name of that studio? It's Rocksteady. Rocksteady. And like there's there's games uh apparently both of those games are gonna be shown off sometime in August at the DC event. But uh I mean if they can get all that exclusive to them, that's fucking awesome. Um but I mean just you know, if they get all these new studios like Rocksteady's obviously got great pedigree. Uh the T T uh studios, which does all the Lego games um, and then you got Nether Realms is like the, you know then the WB Montreal. I don't you have to obviously have to rename them, but um, like you got some you got some good caliber uh, people there. But my main concern about buying that up is like if you don't, I mean you'll probably so it sounds like you'll get the Mortal Kombat, which is great because that's that's important. Like that, that could be exclusive. So like you have the Xbox has has Mortal Kombat, but you know then Sony will have Street Fighter. Um, so that'd be kind of cool. If, like you know then Nintendo has Smash if they all have their own big um, exclusive fighting game, but um. I think it'd be badass they get that. That'd be a huge one for them. But you know, you have these cool franchises, or you have these cool, these really great studios. But like, it's unfortunate. Like everything that you think about, they worked on. It's like they're like licensed. Uh, you know, they're popular IPs. Like you got Batman, you got the Lego shit, you got Mortal Kombat. Um, you know, my own, my the only thing that would suck the most is if the Injustice games goes away, because I I like the Injustice the DC fighting games more than I like the Mortal Kombat games, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I think that's a, that's the most important thing about this is like, if they can get a deal with them, to like, hey, you guys you buy these studios, beast, like, hey, you guys can also keep making, you know, Batman games. But I mean, I'd also love to see what they can do. Like, maybe this is what we're talking about, like, you know, making the making new IP, creating new, um, um, marketable um, IPs. I guess you know, not to reuse a word, but if they can create that with these awesome studios, like these guys have proven they can make some great games. But they can if they can make it like their own IPs, that'd be fucking awesome as well. But uh, it obviously would be easier to have you know have a slew of DC games and all, like I think it'd be important for the TT uh, games uh, to keep the Lego games. I think that's very important, like because that's what they do. That's what like I don't I don't see them making their own uh, uh, like Lego ripoff thing. Like they're if that was a Connects or whatever it was called back in the day, um, or was it the blocks shit out there? I was like I don't know. But um, I'm all for this. I feel like you, know, you look at like okay, so Activision, EA, Take Two are also interested in buying this. It's like if any of these companies are to buy it, I'd want Microsoft to be the one to buy it because I feel like they would, you know, they have the the patience and the biggest infrastructure, and they can take the hit probably more than these other companies are, where Microsoft's bigger than Xbox, and they can wait a while as as they make new IPs or make new games because a lot of these are deep into the current games we're working on, so it'd be years and years away before we see something else from them from what they're currently working on um so i would and also like obviously ea is we don't want them to buy anything like fuck off on that 
Um, yeah, no take, shit. Take two, like, another world games has a big enough issue with uh, their fucking microtransaction stuff. I know it's not their fault, but their games like are, you know, horrible when it comes to that. So it's like I don't want Take Two to get a hold of any of those games because I mean, you look at the, their their uh, sports games, shit like that. It's like anything they make um, in GTA, it's like riddled with microtransactions. Um, Activision, we we saw what they did to Destiny, um, and what they'll do with Call of Duty and shit. It's like they're gonna pump out games like crazy. They're not they're not known for patience. So uh, I hope that if anybody buys it, it's Microsoft because I feel like they will be the the best for everybody there, um, and they'd have the most leeway and the ability to do what they want to do more than anybody else. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Anything else you want to say on that one, Gables? Nah, not really. Okay. Honestly. Okay. Um. Um, but you know what? I well, yeah, I'll talk about this one. So, uh, Xbox apparently is trying to um, reportedly trying to block people from charging for Series X upgrades. Um, so this is something that's come out there. Uh, you know, they have the smart delivery thing with you know we, we talk about like Cyberpunk. You get if you buy it on Xbox One, you'll get a free upgrade to um, Series X. Madden's um, doing it as well, but they're doing. I mean, it sounds like PlayStation and Xbox are doing it. But it sounds like, um, and we're doing the same thing with Valhalla and Halo Infinite and all that, but um, sounds like they're trying to make it, um, trying to talk all their developers into doing this across the board, where they don't want um, people to charge for um, the upgrades. Um, something like we like we saw last generation, where it's like, if you bought Battlefield, was it 4, um, digitally on 360, you could pay $10 and get it on Xbox One for, for $10 uh, upgrade. Um, which I, I was okay with that going in this generation. I think a lot of people will be okay with this one. But like we talked about last week with, with 2K, speaking of Take Two, um, or if you bought the, like the PS4 version and you wanted to upgrade to PS5 without rebuying the whole thing over again, you had to buy the hundred dollar edition. Um, so the they're trying to Xbox is trying to prevent people from doing that. There's um, they're saying ultimately it's up to them to do it, but they're also trying they're doing their best they can to prevent them from doing things like 2k is doing so no real word if this is something they were trying to do after 2k announced this or before 2 like 2k is like talk to them and they still decide to go ahead and do this anyways but i don't I mean it's just like once again it's like we talk about like xbox microsoft like they've been killing it for consumers you always hear like everything is, they seem like they do is the right thing to do for consumers like they're the first ones to talk about smart delivery they're the you know and giving and not re- making us pay 60 possibly 7 dollars again for for these games that we just bought on the last gen um, or, you know, people like releasing uh, a game a year later that came out, you know, like say like last of like last of us came out in 2013. They, re- and they released it again on PS4 the following year. It's like, they're like, no, we're not going to do that. It's like, we're going to, you know, you're going to get that game. If you bought it on Xbox one, you're going to get on series X with no upgrade, no charge for an upgrade. Um, but I don't know. I, I love the fact that this sounds like if this is all true, that they're attempting to do this and hopefully they can guess this work. I don't know if they'll get 2k to do it, but it's like I said last week, it's like if they fucking Madden can do it. I mean, it's nuts that 2k won't do it, but um, I don't give a, it's just like, what, what was your thoughts when you heard this? To be perfectly honest with you. I think it's pretty cool that Microsoft is going to want to make sure that people doesn't pay extra for some bits of the upgrades and stuff. But other than that though, I really don't have too much other like, uh, things to say about it. You know, I'm, yeah. glad that uh, they are instilling what they feel they want to do to try to ins- to convince people hey you buy the Xbox One version you don't have to spend another $60 and stuff or $70 
to freaking go and get the next one. Yeah. <laughs> or the same copy of the game you just bought. Yeah. And I, I hope that's, that uh, definitely is the case and that works out. But um, I think it's finally time to jump into what we've been playing, Gables. Uh, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Tyler, you go first. Okay. So, I Gables, I finally did it. And what's that? It took me three and a half years, but I did it. I beat Resident Evil 7. <laughs> you beat Resident Evil 7, huh? <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, it was like last Wednesday. I, got, I mentioned, I think last week, it's like... Um, I, I bought, it was like 10 bucks on uh, a couple weeks ago on uh, PS4, like a, a digital sale. So I, when I just rebought it, I bought it on there. I bought it like twice physically. Like I got it when it first came out on launch day and I played, I, I thought I played more of it, but I only played like two hours of it um, when it first came out and then I sold it and then I bought it for like 20 bucks like a year later and then I never even bothered playing it and I sold it. Um, but went ahead, 10 bucks, bought it digitally um, and I was just like, Finally sat down and started playing it on Wednesday. Ended up beating it in, in one day, um, over like wow. a couple of, a couple of sittings. Um, but I ended up having a day off, and it's like I didn't even mean to really beat it, but it's just like I sat down, and I played it for a couple hours, and I was like, I looked up, I, I loaded up my old save, my original one, and I was like, oh wow, I've already passed. I looked up, I was like two hours and like five minutes into my original save, and I was like, oh wow, I've already passed this section. And I went back and I was like, I was like an hour and a half in to the game, and I've already passed like I, by like a good chunk of time past that section um, where I was. So I ended up beating it. It took me like a little over five hours to beat. So it's not a very long game. Um, I did put it on easy though, to be fair. So I was just like, I was just like, I'm not, I just need to sit down and play this. Cause like, I, I was like, I, my, my main thing was like, I just wanted to beat it for a uh, ghost and paper Mario came out. Cause like, if, it, if, right. if I didn't beat it for that, it wasn't going to happen. But um, yeah, it's like, I played it for a good couple hours and I, I was like, went online to see like how I'm like, well, I've already beat, I've already made it through like two sections of like I already faced two of the three uh, family members. I'm like, where am I? I'm kind of curious like how far in this game I am. And I looked it up. I'm like, oh, I'm already like past the halfway point. So I was like, I might as well just keep playing. And then like the next thing I know, I, I was at the final section and I, I beat the game. But oh, I, it's kind of the more like the, the way I felt about Resident Evil 3 was like, eh, I liked it. It was good. You know, I feel like maybe I would have liked it more if I would have played through and sat through and, and powered through it originally um, back at the time. Um, but it's like knowing the end where like you know spoiler alert for a three and a half year old game like Chris Redfield's at the end but it's like even when he shows up it's not that big of a deal it's like he he shows up in a helicopter and says like, hi I'm Chris and he hands you like a, a gun to kill help you kill the final boss and like that was the end of the game pretty much and it's just like oh okay but it's like it, that wasn't a big deal but I, I thought you know I definitely um, I liked it I enjoyed it like I I wanted to play because like I, I was excited after the Resident Evil 8 uh, trailer like I'm like okay I need to obviously play this because you, you play as Ethan again in that game. Um, but yeah, no, it was, I, I, I definitely liked it. Um, I don't know if I liked it. I think I liked it more than three, but I didn't like it as much as like two. Two was definitely a lot more fun for me. Um, but it's like, I definitely have that, I, I would say probably a good hour of that, that playthrough is me. Like my biggest pet peeve still with these games is always like the, you can only carry so much stuff. And it's like the OCD of like, I don't, man, I don't want to leave this behind. So like I'd constantly run back and forth from safe, like to my safe room drop shit run there grab like going back to the room i was in where i couldn't pick all the shit up because my my my, uh bought my backpack was full and i filled up run back to the safe room uh and put put my inventory back together how i wanted it but it's like that was probably a good like good probably 15 20 percent of my game is doing that um but uh yeah i know it was fun i the story is is fine but it's like i don't expect a killer story from uh 
a Resident Evil game. It's like that's not what to that's not something to look forward to. But it's definitely um, probably better than it was. It was better than Resident Evil Three. Resident Evil Three story was barely there. The most chunk of that the majority of that story was like you're being chased by the nemesis. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's like I, I I guess I didn't know how to feel going into it. Whereas like I wasn't as hyped and excited for it as I was when it first came out in 2017. But I was like, I think in a way I was like I three and a half years of waiting. I was like anticipating a little bit more than I got. It was like, oh, okay, that was cool. That was fine. But that's, I don't know, that's that, that's where I am. Like, I'm still excited for Resident Evil 8. Um, I, I think I'll always be excited for new Resident Evil games, but it's like, I don't know, 2 was better. I'm saying it right now. Two, Resident Evil 2 was better. But um, that's that's all I've been playing. I'm just, uh, just like, I had a couple hours to play games today, and I'm just like, I don't really, like, have anything to jump into or, like, or, like, something i want to jump into so i just play madden for a little while because it's like i just don't want to jump like i'm waiting for ghost that's my next big thing is ghost shima but i was like <laughs> i need i i need something like i was like i just want something light and fun to play because like i have in the last like couple months like all i've played is um test creed 2 uh fucking um last of us uh last of us 2 Assassin's Creed 3 Assassin's Creed 7 so i played like a bunch of very dark zombie-esque games <laughs> so it's like I need like, where's the, where's a like I'm like I'm like this is why a big reason why Paper Mario is uh, something I'm 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 excited for and I like because it's like I need a fun lighthearted game to play because God knows there ain't much fucking out <laughs> like as far as gaming wise I'm just like this is depressing and exhausting it's like I need like a fun colorful exciting game to play because it's it's been a while Gables it's been a while but uh, mm. what about you Gables what have you been playing a few games actually oh, okay like I've said before we uh, started this episode I downloaded Bloodstained Curse of the Moon on my Switch I started mm-hmm. playing through half of that the game isn't particularly long it's the same length as like an original Castlevania game for say the NES where you could legitimately beat it maybe in a few hours if you choose to I mostly wanted to go back and play Bloodstained Curse of the Moon because of the fact that sequel released just last week and I've heard a lot of good things about it, and so I wanted to reacquaint myself with it. Well, after I went through and played through half of the Curse of the Moon, I went ahead, bite the bullet, I bit the bullet, and I downloaded the sequel today. Hmm. And I played through half of that. <laughs> nice. What I really like from the get-go, it's more the same of Curse of the Moon, which is a great thing. The sprite graphics, all of that's beautiful. Absolutely well done. I feel that uh, from what Koji Igarashi and his crew did with this game, definitely on point to that of uh, Castlevania games on the NES. One of his biggest inspirations, one of his favorite Castlevania games is Castlevania 3. And you see that abundantly inside of the Curse of the Moon style games. With uh, the interchanging between different uh, characters... In this game, you get the option of, like, three different characters. Actually, four. Hmm. I've only come across three so far. With uh, Zangetsu, the main guy that has a, a sword, and he also has a sub-weapon that could be either a a whip that whips into a specific direction, usually above him at an angle, or a uh, flaming card. Kind of like how Gambit from the X-Men goes through and tosses these... Uh, these cards and stuff that explodes 
Well, it's sort of a similar thing with Zongetsu, only his bursts into flames and stuff at <laughs> Demon's feet. But, uh, yeah, you have Zongetsu, which is, is sort of like the Simon Belmont or the Trevor Belmont character, all around, all around good. Then you have a new character that her name is Dominique. She is from Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. She was someone who helped along with the church and stuff, so she has this spear. She has this spear that can hit in multiple different directions, like either above, or if you hold the D-pad down, you can actually do a down spear attack on enemies or bounce off of particular projectiles or bounce off of particular things to get to other areas and stuff. I really love the implementation of uh, her healing element. One of her sub-weapon slots that she has, she has this little plant, right? And when you use it, she grows a plant, and the plant drops health. So if one of your party members is low on health, you switch to her, use this sub-weapon ability, switch to the other character, and gain health. <laughs> really love that. I've used it a couple times, but at the same point, it doesn't get overused because it's tied to the weapon points in total for all the characters that you have. You start off with 40. With the amount of candles you break, the flaming candles that you break along the way, you collect these little hearts, or it replenishes your weapon points. I think it's either hearts or little, uh, little bottles of potions or whatever the hell they are. But at the same time, we have another character that I want to talk about a little bit, and his name is Robert. Robert is a former soldier, also a comrade of uh, Zongetsu. And what's interesting about him is he's a sharpshooter. He has long-range attacks. He has his musket or his rifle. And he's able to snipe enemies from across the map, uh, like across the screen. However, he's able to cling to walls. Sort of similar to that of, like, uh, Grant and Nasty from Castlevania Three. The only difference is with Grant, he can climb along the walls and on the ceiling, all this other stuff, but uh, with Robert from Curse of the Moon 2, he's able to slide, like cling to a wall and then slide down periodically, but you're able to shoot across the screen and stuff and get enemies and stuff. I have yet to play through the entirety of Stage 3 with him. However, he has very low health, so I know I'm going to be switching between Zongetsu and uh, Dominique. I haven't tried any of his sub-weapon stuff either, but from what I've played so far, and especially from the boss battles that I've incurred, man, the boss battles are interesting. It Everything else just feels good about playing this game. It feels like an old classic NES game. It feels like, you know, a great action game that I would be able to replay over and over. Now, when I mentioned boss battles earlier... The first boss you come up, you come across is this sort of mix between a dragon and some sort of like demon hybrid, right? His patterns are simple. Quintessentially, he'll either attack from above or attack from below, and he has this like demon that spouts like shoots out from his mouth, right? And he has this like this gigantic beam or something just like fills the screen, and you have to whittle down his H point, his HP, his hit points by attacking the tongue of the dragon. And when you do that, you chip things down. But everything else in motion with this game looks good. Really love the soundtrack. The chip tunes. Man, the chip tunes are on par. <laughs> really like that. 
it's more of the same of what I played in Curse of the Moon, which, honestly, Curse of the Moon, when it came out, was one of my top games of that year. It was really good. The sequels is more of that, plus then some with additional unique abilities, and I'm very excited to go through and play more of it. Now, with that aside, the next game is sort of uh, almost the opposite, where I'm playing it, I'm having, you know, I'm having an alright time, you know, I'm exploring things, I'm doing this and doing that and stuff. So quite essentially, I'm playing The Last of Us Part (laughs) 2. And uh, I am four and a half hours in. I already know a lot of the spoiler points, all the other various story points Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for those that are listening. So yeah, there will be a little bit of spoilers for those that's listening. If If you want to go through and experience the game for yourself, by all means, skip past this point. But, let's see. First time I played it was six days ago. I went through two and a half hours. I got to the point where Joel, where Joel gets killed, obviously. And, to be perfectly honest, that scene's pretty damn brutal. So I went ahead and skipped the scene anyway, because I've seen it already a bunch of times. But, uh, honestly, there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of exploration during the early parts of the game, and there's also a lot of... There's just like a lot of build-up sometimes I kind of feel <laughs> while going through and exploring certain parts. It takes a while for there to be any type of action elements that uh, I kind of feel, if that's if you understand what I'm saying, Tyler, where it yeah. kind of feels like you have a whole bunch of... You have a whole bunch of explorational elements where you want to go and you want to do what you want to do. Hell, I'm almost done with, currently, the first day or so in Seattle. Oh, downtown. Explored. Was it downtown yeah, Seattle? downtown Seattle. Yes. Yeah. I spent at least a couple hours today going through the downtown Seattle. There were some cool elements of it. I did like learning a bit of the backstory upon the... Uh, the Feta, or not Feta, but like the Fedra soldiers and all that other conflict between them and the the WLA, I want to say. Oh, WLF, the wolves. Yeah, WLF, the wolf. I like that little conflict and the whole backstory and behind that. To be perfectly honest with you, I kind of felt sort of bored when I was going through and exploring bits of this, the downtown Seattle. And that was because of the fact that action is so like few and far between there are certain elements where you have to explore this one building where you're going to come across a lot of clickers and you're going to go through and you're going to do this and do that however if you're the type of person that doesn't want to do a lot of exploration and know exactly where you need to go even then I kind of feel like this downtown Seattle thing took a little bit longer than what it should have been personally and it's nothing in regards to, say, gameplay-wise or that, but I kind of felt like it could have been, instead of this big elaborate like downtown like map, it could have been a little bit smaller in chunks to where I know exactly, okay, I can go here, go there, go here, go there, and stuff. It's sort of linear-like. I kind of feel like this portion has that... Uh, this part of Seattle so far feels like it's supposed to be like this open world, this open map type of feel, this feeling that you're in this populated open world and you have to do this and do that. But honestly, it kind of confuses me because towards the beginning part of the game, 
it's very linear. You know what you got to do. Mm. You got to get to a specific area. Got to accomplish what you've gone through. But all of a sudden, you are expanding into this, expanding into downtown Seattle, where you're left on your own to explore. And while that's good, it feels, oh boy, it feels kind of uh, like a mix between. I kind of feel like I don't understand what they wanted to do with that type of uh, change with it. If you understand what I'm saying. Where you have a linear portion, then all of a sudden you have this all this explorable terrain where it leaves the feeling of it being like an open world sort of esque type of map, but at the same time, at the same time, it feels like it is linear in a way, but it's just so huge that uh, it really feels like it's uh, more longer than it's welcome. Hmm. That's well, how I kind of interpreted that way. Yeah, I can understand that. Where it's like, I, I definitely, I had, you know, like I talked about before, it's like I had, like, sometimes in these games I get, like, that OCD anxiety thing where I, like, I have to, like, search everything, and I'll do that. Like, I'm happy I did those things, but so I get there. I was like, you want to get to that next section of the game, and it's just like, but you also feel like you're obligated to, like, I should probably look to see what else is around here. Right. So, so I've already come across, I've already come across a few safes. Mm. I went through and cracked them. I've already gotten all those codes beforehand i had searched the downtown seattle thing thoroughly to where i found that paper to where they had all the codes all the uh all the other intricate little details in that regards and it was interesting going through and exploring those elements so that way i can get extra stuff to build you know to customize my weapons i finally am able to not only customize my customize my uh starting like pistol and like uh my starting like pistol guns and stuff, my 8mm and whatsoever, but I was able to gain access to craft my own melee weapons. Don't have enough materials right now, but I do like, so far, that the gameplay largely remains the same as the original Last of Us. There are definitely some bits of improvements I have seen in regards to, say, the AI of your ally character I mean there are some things that I see improved by that and by meaning the last time I played through The Last of Us the original Last of Us I would constantly see the AI of Ellie going in front of clickers and stuff like that and doing this and do that I'm like what the fuck are you doing in that regards but uh, I'm I am impressed by how the AI does help me out in terms of taking out certain clickers. Say, like, for example, Dina. If I'm going to go behind a clicker as Ellie and instantly stealth kill one, you have Dina that goes parallel to where I'm at and kills the other clicker right then and there. I'm like, oh, hey, that was helpful. You know, that I liked. But let's see. So, honestly, I feel like the gameplay aspect of it is okay. I like that it's more of the same in terms of customizing your weapons and doing that. Game looks beautiful. I mean, hell, I have nothing bad to say about the graphics in regards to The Last of Us Part Two. To be perfectly honest, I don't have anything really bad to say or any anything really like great to say in regards to how I'm feeling right now. Because I'm still roughly not even five hours inside the game. It's still early. I still got a lot of chunk of game left to play, but at the same time, I kind of feel like I'm in the middle of it, where 
I have a like in the middle opinion. So you know what? Hey, this is all right, but at the same time, this is not overly great. It's that uh, that happy medium so far. And you know what? There were some aspects where I've explored a little bit too much of the downtown Seattle area. I kind of felt bored in some aspects, but then again, I know it's going to be picking up fairly soon. So honestly. I'm glad that I'm giving this game a chance and that I'm going through, even regardless of knowing all the spoilers and all the other stuff for story elements, I still want to remain true to where I want to finish this game and when that's going said and done, I want to express my overall honest thoughts about the game when I eventually do finish it. And hopefully I'll finish it before I gain, I get to Ghost of Tsushima because that's a game I'm looking forward to playing. Yeah. As well. This one took me like, I think it took me like 23, 24 hours to beat. But I, I mean, like, I, I explored, I didn't see her, I, I missed shit, but I explored almost everything in that game. So, like, if, if you want to go at a faster pace, you can probably beat it closer to that probably 16, 18 hour mark than, because I probably spent a good 6, 8 hours just, look. I mean, every room you went into, you, you went backtrack, make sure you didn't miss anything, so. Right, by how I'm feeling with it, I feel like I want to explore every every bit of this game because I want to get the details that I would not have seen, say, from someone else going through and playing it, or that wasn't spoiled in regards to, say, story-wise stuff. Because the thing that's important about games like, like an open-world-style game or an action game in general is you can know story elements about it, but what underlies deep inside of the structure of it is you will come across random moments inside the combat or in terms of the gameplay where you're going to really enjoy and sometimes that outshines what presents to you like from the story aspect of it but uh honestly other than that i really haven't been playing anything else of uh, note but yeah that's pretty much all i've been playing all right it's cool though i'm glad you're finally giving that a chance to pick it up um but yeah thank you guys so much for listening going to more for us we have a uh, facebook page group uh, we have a Twitter uh, page, uh, Twitch, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. Check us out all those places by looking up uh, Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast, Drunk Dash Nerds, Drunk Nerds. Uh, like, join, subscribe, thumbs up, five stars, comment, uh, share, whatever you can do, retweet, whatever you can do to help us, we really would appreciate. Also, twitch.tv slash Colonel Gables. Um, I know Gables has been doing some streaming this week, so give him a, a big follow on there as well. Um, so, uh, appreciate you guys so much for listening to us. I was Tyler. Now I've been Colonel Gables, so until next time, everyone, hope you have yourself a good week, work your ass off, but most importantly of all that, thank you for listening to another fun-filled episode of the Drunk Dash Nerds Podcast. Hey, Gables. Yep. Too sweet. Too sweet, man. Bye, guys. See ya.